This is Norman Kissinger from Redeeming the Time Brothers Ministry, where Norman Kissinger and Gene Kissinger um, do ministry online and uh, attempt to try to bring the gospel and disciple the church uh, through the uh, online ministries and uh, using kind of old-fashioned unchangeable values of Christianity and putting them to um, uh, practice on in this modern times on the internet. So we've been the last couple of years talking about praying and moving into ministry online through podcast and through um, uh, Facebook and through other different mediums to try to bring the gospel to the world, but also to equip the church for the future uh, that God has for the church uh, here in potentially these end times. So today I want to continue with our subject of the uh, process of prayer and repentance as found in the book of Acts. Now there's many other passages we could have used to talk about the subject of repentance, uh, but I'm just going and showing how that the early church used prayer and repentance in order to get God's power in their life. And so we're going to continue with that theme as we go through this passage and as we talk about some other passages. Now, last couple of times we've talked, we've talked a little bit about how that repentance is something that has fallen out of favor with the church because the church believes very much today that somehow repentance is somehow an evil thing, at least the American church. I can't speak for maybe the church around the world, but certainly the American church has seen um, Repentance is something that is just an evil thing that doesn't uh, need to happen and uh, is not necessary. And I would say that that is 100% not the case. Repentance, first of all, is misunderstood because repentance, unfortunately, uh, is uh, not interpreted correctly in the scripture. Basically, Satan and the world's condemnation has been... Uh, has been confused with true biblical repentance and therefore the church has rejected that. And by the way, they should because condemnation is not something that any Christian should live over. The Bible says that there is now, now, now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus uh, in the book of Romans. So we are not to be condemned, but condemnation and repentance are totally separate things. Or condemnation and conviction are totally separate things from each other. Repentance, we talked about, carries with it two ideas. In the Old Testament, it is the idea of making a 180 degree turn into a different way of life. And the New Testament concept of repentance is to change one's mind on a matter, okay, and to think differently about it. And therefore, the implication is by thinking differently about it, they're about it and have a different um, uh, way of thinking on the matter. So there's a lot of passages uh, that could, we could talk about, but I wanted to talk about how that the how that the uh, uh, saints of the book of Acts used uh, prayer and repentance in order to uh, get a hold of God and get the answer they need for, for prayer. And so we see these same themes happening over and over again, and I just picked certain passages to use to talk about this. And so um, last time we talked about the fact that in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, that basically there were three concepts that took place when they were uh, praying. And I would have to say that every effective prayer is a prayer of repentance because every effective prayer should be me aligning my will with God's will. 
And that is the very essence of repentance, that if I am agreeing with God about something in my life, then I would be able to um, have uh, his power on my life because I'm going through the process of repentance. And so repentance is not just agreeing with God that I may have sin in my heart or something that I'm doing that's wrong, that's certainly a type of repentance, but just generally in, in, um, in uh, the overall process of repentance, every time that I submit myself to the Lord, I'm practicing the... This is nothing more than setting my mind and my heart towards the direction that God wants me to go. Now the early church, here in this passage in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 14 had three concepts that we talked about last time. One of them was the word continued, which means that they continued to deal with the subject um, that they were praying about and they continued in it until they got an answer from God. They were persistent in what they prayed. They were persistent. And so they continued to ask God until they got the answer that they needed. And uh, so they um, continued to seek him until that happened. And I think that one of the reasons, in fact, we're, we are weak in all three of these here and the reasons that we have weak prayers in the church. But the first one is continuing. We continue to do and continue to pray until God either changes my prayer or answers my prayer. One of the two. That we should continue in prayer on any subject until God changes the prayer or prayer. And by changing it means that maybe I'm praying in a direction he doesn't want me to pray. The Holy Spirit reveals that I need to pray in a different direction, and therefore I start praying in a different direction. So therefore, God changes the prayer. Now the next concept was in one accord. And Now I believe that um, one Christian can pray revival into their community by themselves by following the principles of God's Word. And uh, I don't know that it's necessary that more than one, in fact, with one, then there'll be two, and then there'll be four, and then there'll be more people of one accord of one mind. So it is not necessary for a person to start out with more than one person praying, but certainly um, it does help that when prayers are prayed and more than one person is praying, that just makes a what's called a synergistic effect, and it makes the prayers more powerful when more than one saint is in unity praying for exactly the same thing. But whether I'm in, in the same mind as other Christians, which is certainly the process of praying revival down on a nation, on a community, um, I certainly should be at one mind with the Holy Spirit and with God. That my prayers should be in tune with exactly what God wants to have happen. So I should have one mind with the Father, and one mind with the Holy Spirit, and one mind with um, the um, and, and one mind with the uh, uh, and also at one mind with Jesus, and I should have a one-mindedness that I'm praying exactly what they would want to pray. Now, I can't do that unless I know God's Word really, really well, okay? So it would be necessary for me to know God's Word well. And then the third one is supplication. Supplication is basically a wanting need, the word means, but also I have to have it. Now, there's two ways we get to the place of supplication in prayer. The first way is we're desperate because of some problem in our life, and that's where most of us as Christians can manage that. We can get to the place of supplication where we just come to God and say, God, I have a need that you absolutely, positively must meet. There is no question. If you don't meet it, my life will be destroyed. Something bad is going to happen. It, it, it's do or die. It's all or nothing that that has to take place. 
But um, the other way to get there, which is the way that God would really want us to be there, and there's nothing wrong with that because all of us have prayed those prayers where we've had something that we needed to have happen and you know we were desperate for it. But another way to get to that place is that we should always be in that state, whether we're in, uh, we should always be desperate before God um, and as an act of, of, of submission to Him. In other words, it doesn't matter if I have money in the bank, I should be praying for His blessing on my life and realizing that He is the only one that's going to give blessing and the only one that can make blessing even possible. Okay, That's it. It's only through Him that it can even be possible the blessing could come. I need to be desperate enough to realize that when it comes to witnessing to other people, I have no ability, no matter how many times I give them the plan of salvation, no ability to get them to do the right thing unless God is working in their life and the Holy Spirit is doing His work. We need to be desperate for God in everything that we pray. Regardless if we are desperate in circumstances at that given moment, we certainly need to be desperate in God that we go before Him and say that, I have to have an answer from you in this because you're the only one who has the answer. Um, my uh, friends or children or other people will not be saved if the Holy Spirit does not convict their heart. It just will not happen. I can give them the gospel a million times and it simply won't take place. Now the next concept that we'll be talking about, just for a minute here, is that it says that when the Holy Spirit comes, and we're going to back up to verse number 7 in chapter 1 of Acts, it says, and he said to them, It is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put forth in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what I notice is that the Holy Spirit comes with power, with supernatural power. My witnessing before was empty, the Holy Spirit shows up and situation and does his mighty sovereign work and there's an answer to prayer. That the Holy Spirit is the is 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 the answer to all prayers that when he shows up he shows up with supernatural power and change happens or takes place. You see, we try to get to change by working hard, but that's not neither Old Testament or New Testament biblical. In the Old and New Testament, God told the early church and the saints of the Old Testament not to work hard. He told them to trust Him and to lean upon Him and wait upon Him and wait for Him to do His work in the situation so that therefore He would be the one to actually get the glory. And so the supernatural power then begins to... And repentance, then God is able to use the church in order to accomplish what He wants done. Nothing happens in the Christian faith without the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not better Christians without it. We cannot get saved without it. We cannot extend out the gospel without it. We can't have open doors for other areas of ministry without it. We can't see our family saved without it. Absolutely, positively, nothing gets done without the power of the Holy Spirit working in a situation. And so we should continue before God until the Holy Spirit begins to work in a situation and begins to do His, His mighty work. Now I'm going to say just one thing here, uh, and I think it was E.M. Um, e. Bounds, uh, I believe, or Andrew Murray, I'm not sure where I read it, but talking about prayer. 
uh, and the idea here um, uh, behind prayer. But the thing about it is, is that without Spirit's power, it is impossible for us to accomplish anything for the sake of the kingdom. Absolutely impossible. Praying for the power of the Holy Spirit and for the Holy Spirit to do a work. You know, I used to be uh, one of the concepts that they they taught me, and as I've been rereading these old classics here, but one of the things that they taught me was this: the Old Testament. We tend to think that um, that we need to have more of the Holy Spirit in our life, and the true truth of the matter is, is that when we're really right with God, the Holy Spirit has more of us. And I think always before I, as a preacher, I wanted to have more of the Holy Spirit and, and ministry power over my life. But that only happens when the Holy Spirit has more of me. I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life, and therefore He can work in His mighty power because He's actually in control. He just isn't doing stuff in my life. He's in control of my life, and therefore mighty things are happening. So we'll continue to talk next time about the um, power of the Holy Spirit giving ourselves completely over to him and the process of how that happens and how that's happened in the early church. you had a great holiday, God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace.